Okay, I'm back with Carl, and Chris is out of prison. Obviously, you like to be free again, Chris? Nice, actually. <laughs> Especially with this weather. It's really nice. Good, good. Feeling, what, a 10-foot by 6-foot cell all, all day? What's prison food like? Awful. Is it, though? Nah, it's really nice, actually. <laughs> put on a bit of weight, I put about half stone in prison. Do you have glass in it? No, no glass. <laughs> Well, the same food we get in work, to be honest. It probably <laughs> is, uh, just slightly better and cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> right, talking about food. Right, Chris's phone was just rung, that's what that was. <laughs> Actually, that was a, a, an app, not a, not a phone call. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, because I could have just pressed pause then. I probably would have messed it up somehow, but, but I would have just pressed pause. Well, let it go as a reminder to Chris. Yes. <laughs> yes. Turn your phone off during podcast. Yes. <laughs> So, I think that yesterday I had salt poisoning. There is a name for this. It's hypernatria or something like that. And let me explain why. I've got quite a few Polish friends. I like them. They seem nice people. They seem to like me. They seem to like the Welsh in general. Probably because we're the only country that never invaded them. But they often give me food to try. So, on Friday, I was working from home, and they gave me this lovely uh, homemade soup. Now, if you know anything about Polish cooking, it's basically the same ingredients as um, American food, where it's 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 fat and salt, and there may be a few ingredients added to it. So I started drinking this soup, thinking, "Oh, this is this is nice, isn't it?" But the salt content in there made my whole. You know, when you put a lemon or something in your mouth, yeah, and your head sort of goes like that. Well, it started a chain reaction. Once my chin started flying back and forth, this was going on for about an hour. But I ate all this soup, as salty as it was. Yesterday, I felt rough as hell. I felt like as if I was poisoned or something yesterday, like one of the scripples. I really felt... Like one of the what, sorry? The scripples. Okay, I thought you said something else. No, no, no. no the, the, <laughs> the ones, that the, the, ones okay. that the Russians poisoned. Okay, okay. <laughs> and denied it. So, but, but I ate it, and I think, well, you know, I, I think that's what caused my problem yesterday. So I was drinking lots of water yesterday to try and flush the salt out of the system, just in case that's what it was. Because there was a huge amount of salt in there. Do they have salt mines in Poland? Is that, is that why they use so I think much it's salt? Just, it's obviously been used as a preservative method back many, many years ago. I think they still, they still do it. They put salt in their meat. They put salt in everything. Well, they were, this thing was full of meat, and I think it was... Um, Probably salted pork, was it? I suppose it depends uh, it on It might them. well have been. Yeah. If the pork's not very good, mind you, either they would have put a lot of salt in it, so it might have just been carried on through yeah. generations of doing that from bad pork originally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like um, Malay- Malaysian places do that. They put loads of spices and stuff into their meats just because the meats aren't very good, so they have to make the flavours up in another way, so it might have been the same principle. Well, this was like incre- saltiest thing I've ever eaten, but I have to say it was it was tasty. It's because of all the salt in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably the probably salt and yeah. fat. Yeah, because of all the salt in it. Do you like foreign food yourself? Love it. Anything? Yeah. Would you try anything? Pretty much. I've when I went to China and Hong Kong when I finished uni. That's when you get to truly see what cultures have to offer in terms of the. Just the sort of the day-to-day, you know, you, we've all got an idea of what certain countries have as meals. You know, think of India, you think of curry, China, Chinese food, etc., etc. But it's completely different when you're there living day-to-day. A lot of the time for breakfast, they'll have... Spiders. 
In China, yeah. You can go to... It was the weirdest half an hour of my life. We went to one of the markets in Beijing. Beautiful place, stretched for miles and miles and miles and miles. And we went to the food section. And at the front, they put all the the tourist stands so you can buy fairly typical Chinese food. But if you start going... The further back you go, the more authentic it gets shall we say so you can go back and see the insects and some of the other foods that they've got on display so i ate a cricket mm, okay quite nice i thought i'd start easy because crickets are mostly cartilage and they they deep fry them so it's essentially the same as eating like fried chicken skin so the only thing i can think of that was nice had a scorpion so they cut off the the stinger, they cut off the head, they dip it in oil, and then you eat it. That was delicious. I had a, a scorpion lollipop once from Texas. That's quite tasty. Yeah, scorpions are really nice. Wow, and that was a real scorpion. Yeah, it was a scorpion inside a lollipop. That just sounds so weird. The scorpions it, it was, are quite tasty, actually. Yeah. Was. The scorpions are nice. Yeah. They don't have a lot of meat on them. If you look at the... The makeup of a scorpion is basically the center of the thorax, I think they call it, is where all the meat is. The rest is just, again, cartilage. So when you fry it, as cliche as it sounds, it does taste like chicken. Because wow. it's, it's really nice. So I had a couple of those. And I messed up by having a starfish. That made me sick. Oh, that was no. absolutely disgusting. I, I can't describe the flavor because it's something I've never tasted before and that i called it a day after that uh, it was horrible it was, flavor it, taste it was disgusting absolutely disgusting the texture was disgusting the flavor was disgusting i don't know where they got it from to be honest but it, it's not something that i would eat ever again is that a normal thing they eat then or it's is a it? normal thing yeah and there were people when we got to that part of the market there were chairs and there were families and there were people just going about their day and it's exactly what you said they were eating spiders Bugs, grubs, centipedes, those big, um, God, what do they call them? Anthropod, not anthropod. Millipedes? Yeah, stuff like that. Basically yeah, anything they, they could find. So you know the starfish, was it cooked or was it raw? Like it was cooked. It was cooked, was it? And still awful. It was still awful. But that, that was a good experience. Hong Kong is slightly different because it's it's been significantly westernized. So most of the food there... You can get you can get whatever you want. You can go to a typical Western restaurant and get Western cuisine. They're, they're everywhere. You know, typical breakfast bars and restaurants and things. But even authentic Hong food from Hong Kong is actually it's actually quite nice. You know, the, it's more traditional Chinese. The, the dumplings, the the meats. They have I love seafood toast that they make. Where they put seafood into the bread. They toast it tastes amazing when you have it from a Chinese, but it tastes even better. Is that like the same thing as prawn toast? Yeah. Because I, I like those. I can't yeah. say it tastes a prawn, but it's, it's nice. They do prawns. They, they put other things in the toast as well. They put squid in everything. Not a huge fan of squid myself, but it looked nice. But it's, it's the way they eat it. So when you go to a restaurant and they give you a fish, they give you the whole fish. They don't cut out the, the parts that you can consume. They just give you the fish, head, bones. Obviously, they gut it. Yeah. They just give you the fish, and th- that was that's what was different to me. It's not the the food itself, particularly in Hong Kong, but 
it was the way that the food was sort of presented and served to you. It was just, there's the fish. Are they, are you still on it? Is it looking at you? Yep, everything's on there. And I think it's to prove that the fish that. is relatively fresh because all the restaurants, well, Hong Kong's a massive port, isn't it? So there's mm. a lot of fresh food coming in. So if you went to the right restaurant at the right time, you'd see the food coming in. It was all cooked fresh to order. They'd, they didn't want to do anything to it. They would just cook the fish then just give it to you straight away to eat it. So you just you take the head off, once you take the spine, all the bones out, and then just eat the fish. It was it was delicious. And is that is that normal for them? Is that what they would do, or was absolutely that is that normal. for the tourists? Absolutely normal for them to do. Yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. It is. It was an it was an authentic experience because in our restaurants, if you order fish, usually it comes out with a piece of fish, and you've got all the accoutrement with it. But that, you'd get the fish, and then it was the experience of actually taking the fish apart then. So you're yeah, all yeah. talking, whilst well, it's quite barbaric actually, everyone's talking and they've got a fish head in one hand, the fish is spine <laughs> in the other hand, all <laughs> bones everywhere. Apparently the nicest part great. of the fish is the cheeks. Yeah, a few people. Really? Yeah, it's probably the, the, apparently the best part of any fish is the cheeks. Yeah, I learned that from Hannibal. <laughs> I did research her afterwards and it's true was it the fish cheeks or human cheeks well he did eat human cheeks as well <laughs> yeah he did yeah yeah, yeah. he ate both <laughs> uh, I've been I don't know if you remember on Top Gear when they went to I think it was Thailand yeah and they brought out a goat's head and they were eating brains and a lot of other stuff would you eat that no no really I'd give it a go I'd definitely 100% give something like that a go just to find out what it tastes like. See, in theory, I'm saying no, but it should be, well, why not? Why wouldn't yeah. I eat it? If I'm eating other parts of the meat of an animal, then yeah. what difference does it make if you're eating, you know, the, the, the brain or whatever? It's still part of that animal that, that you're eating. Exactly. It's the same as I always think when it's like uh, on I'm a Celeb and they're eating goat's balls. <coughs> well, that's, you're still eating meat. Doesn't matter what part of it is. Yeah. It's just going to have a different taste or a different texture. But it's still eat your meat. And those parts of the animals are probably the most nutritious as well. Heart, liver, brain, any organ meat. They're ama- they've got so many vitamins. Yeah. I think for us, if you eat, I think it's like 60 or 70 grams of liver every week, you don't need to eat it more than that because it contains pretty much your weekly allowance of iron and all a few other nutrients as well. But it's the stigma. A lot of those countries are used to eating the eyes, the brains, the bollocks, whatever else <laughs> they can find. And for them, that's totally normal. Them doing that is the equivalent of us having crumpets and tea in the morning. It's the same principle for them. They just, they probably think it's weird that we eat crumpets. And equally, we think it's weird that they're eating God knows what. But If swan wasn't illegal to eat, would you try swan? Yeah, because it's, it, it's, it's it's yeah. a game bird sort of thing, isn't yeah, it? I'm yeah. not sure if that's the right try. term, but it's a wild bird, you know, like a chicken or a pheasant or something, I suppose, yeah. More likely a duck, I would say. Yeah, probably like a duck, yeah. yeah. Greasy, mm-hmm. like a duck. Lots of, yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely try, try it. Yeah. Yeah. So I love duck. It's You don't have to do a lot with duck. It's such a fatty bird that when you cook it, oh, my God, it <laughs> drizzles in fat and it's such a beautiful cut as well. Well, as we're talking about uh, uh, accoutrement was a wonderful word. I just wanted to bring that back up. Yeah, I'm quite. I'm very <laughs> proud of that. I'm very proud. Uh, the French and the French cuisine. I mean, France is a fantastic. It's a beautiful country. France yep. got a lot of heritage. It's got a lot of beautiful countryside. French people are fucking awful. Yeah, but arrogant. Sorry to all our French listeners. <laughs> we haven't got any French listeners. They don't understand what I'm saying. Just in case. <laughs> 
but, it's covering our backs. <laughs> but I've, what, what, when I, last time I stayed in France for a couple of weeks in a caravan, we'd go to the local supermarket. I can't remember what it was called, Géant or something like that. Um, seemed to be the no, and it was a big supermarket, yeah. you know, like our Tesco's and Asda. Um, but I couldn't get normal sort of cheddar cheese. You know, that was a struggle. I mean, I know they got lots of fancy cheeses themselves, yeah. but I just wanted cheddar cheese, and I wanted a loaf of bread, this sliced loaf of bread, nice and soft, like we used to buy over here. Because I think I was eating white bread then, for my sins. Um, but you couldn't get. I mean, the bread they had over there, it was hard to find it sliced, and if you did, it was like. Well, carpet tiles. It was so tough. Yeah. You know, you couldn't make it. It was a struggle to find. Uh, all I wanted was a cheese sandwich. Now, I realise I'm in France and I should be trying foreign cuisine. I just wanted a isn't, cheese sandwich. Isn't cheddar cheese, though, in particular, more of a British thing anyway? You wouldn't find it in many of the places. It's a, it's a British cheese. Well, yeah, you say that. But, I mean, look at Brie and Camembert and Gorgonzola. They're all foreign cheeses. Yeah, but but, but we, we sell them. Yeah, but that's because... As a as Britain is a very multinational country, we we sell everything. You can get anything and everything from any other country in Britain, pretty much. Whereas a lot of other countries are still very traditional in what they sell, especially France. They're very proud of their cheeses and will only sell their cheeses. Yeah, but they're a multicultural country yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree, though, but they? they're I mean, very yeah. very proud of their cheeses and their wines, and okay. they won't get many but other. They should should be selling a tidy <laughs> loaf of bread. They probably have standards. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Yeah. A white bread is prop. I, lo- I love white bread, and it's been designed to be delicious. But it's probably the worst, be- worst bread you can buy and eat for yourself because it's just... Well, it's bleached, isn't it, for a start? Yeah, it's bleached. It's got sugar in it. I, was wa- I don't know why I keep doing these things on YouTube, but I was watching <laughs> a documentary about how they make... Um, oh, what's that bread called? I can't even remember what it's called. No, it's that really crispy, crunchy Tiger bread. bread. It's something like that. It was like a an ancient recipe how to make bread. So they they have a bacterial colony first. So you have the sugar, not the sugar, sorry. You have the flour and the water. And if we leave it in a jar, the bacteria starts. Sourdough. 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 Sourdough bread. And it's only got three ingredients. It's flour, water, and salt. But when you look at white bread, if you if you read the label, it's like that. Full of shit. It's full of crap and preservatives and God knows what. But it's designed to be cheap and delicious because they know that and, a lot of people And easy to make bread. then if it's only got Very three ingredients. Yeah. And sourdough is incredibly easy to make. And I think if, and it's an experiment, if you, if you have the bacterial colony in a jar, every time you want to make the bread, you, just, you take a scoop out and say 100 grams of that. You make the bread, you cook it, you replace the 100 grams with what you've taken on a regular basis and you just keep doing that. What I've just given Martin there is, is a breakdown of what braces bread is like and the ingredients that go into braces bread. And if the it's minerals more than five, it's probably... And uh, all the um, sugars and everything. There is no sugars in braces bread. 1.2 grams of fat, that's not so bad. No, braces bread saturated is actually very is good. Nothing. How many ingredients total? All these saturated, yeah. Carbs, 26 grams of carbs. I don't mind carbs. Protein, seven grams of protein. It's not bad. Yeah, it's got no sugars, no... No sugar listed. No, you're right. No. Yeah. So it's quite low in fat, yeah. 152. I think it depends on the bread company as well, mind you. I mean, like, braces, as far as I'm aware, is pretty good. And also, I don't know if you know, there's a little town in America that import braces bread from Wales. No. I've heard yeah. that story, yeah. Yeah, there's like a small town of like 500 people, and the only bread they'll eat is braces bread because it's Welsh. 
If we've got to look that up, I've got to find that. We've got to expand that colony in America. We can start <laughs> taking over from the inside. Yeah, I remember. I can't remember if we talked about it in the office or if it was you that mentioned it in passing. But yeah, there's a small yeah. Welsh contingent in America that I pay a lot of money for bread. I saw it pop up on Facebook the other day, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's nice. I could imagine that. that American bread is disgusting. We talk about our bread having more sugar than it should, but American it's the same bread. It's, it's one in Argentina as well, apparently. Small Welsh town. Pat- Patagonia. Yeah. So we are represented in small little numbers. We are. I I, I eat that because um, I try. I used to eat the fifty fifty because it wasn't as heavy as full whack wholemeal bread, but it was better for you than than white. I think if anything's the best for toast is white bread. Yeah, that's by far the best for toast. But I try and eat the the wholemeal bread because it's supposed to be healthier for you. And I eat that superseded one now from Asda. Because it's full of different seeds and That's stuff. That's probably very it. good for you. Yeah, and it makes a, a nice sandwich. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get modern and reduce everything in my body that's too high. <laughs> I'm going to try sourdough bread. I love bread. I shouldn't eat a lot of bread, but I do. But sourdough bread seems to be... I don't know, it just seems to be the answer. It's, it's a very crunchy bread on the outside, but the inside is very soft and it's, it's very palatable. So if you're having... Toast, it's good for toast. If you've got sandwiches, it's soft, but it's got that initial crunch as you get into it. You don't have to eat a lot of it because it's it's quite it's quite filling. It's probably good for your blood sugar because it's not full of it releases quite slowly, so it's not it won't spike your blood sugar and then you crash in the afternoon. So I think it's just like you mentioned, t- cutting sugar out of your diet. Yeah, because sugar thing you can do. Sugar will kill you. Yeah. Well, to a point, you, you still need sugars in your diet. No, Every, you don't. It'll kill everything you. is in moderation. You need everything in moderation. No, I realise you're speaking as an expert now. Yes, <laughs> I am. And I've I, I, I've been going through the last few weeks of trying to eat healthier and trying to bulk up a bit. So I've been careful on what I'm eating. And no matter how, what you eat, there's going to be sugars in it. But you need a certain amount of sugars. You have to have those sugars, otherwise your body won't run. You need those sugars to produce gl- glucose to then turn into energy, otherwise you're just going to be a zombie. Now, you'll have to forgive my ignorance here, but is, you know, ordinary sugar that you just buy in a bag in a shop, it, how does that relate to blood sugar? What, what, well, like a, is a, it the same thing? or What, what do you mean, like the well, ordinary bag the, of sugar? Yeah, but they, they, I mean, you measure your blood sugars. Yes. But is that sugar that's in your blood the same as you'd buy in a bag, or is it being converted glucose. from it's, something? It's co- it's, yeah, it's converted into glucose, the, the, the energy. Right. So it's more of a glucose um, checker rather than the sugar checker. So it's conf- your body is producing the, the hormone insulin, which is breaking those sugars down into glucose. So what you're checking when you do uh, a blood sugar check is the glucose levels in your blood. Right. But that comes from carbs then? It comes from carbs as well. Yeah. yeah. But you can't have... A lot, most carbs will have sugars in it. So what does the sugars do themselves? If you're eating stuff with sugar in, where's that going? That's is that not turning into blood sugar? That helps. It it, do, it does get turned into it, but there's also a lot of wastage from it as well, which is... Right. I, I sound like a right thick over here. I don't even know what sugar is. It gets turned fat, pretty much. Mm. Well, to a point, I mean, if, if you're very low in sugars, your body will start attacking the fats in your body to create the sugars. That's what the ketogenic diet is. If you, if you lower your carbohydrate intake below a certain threshold, your body isn't getting enough glucose from your diet, so then it starts converting your body fat 
into glucose and ketones and he uses that mm. for energy. That's why it's very popular. It's a very good way of losing yeah, weight. It's also very quickly. dangerous if you but yes, it's very it, dangerous. Yeah, you wanna see a you wanna go see a doctor first before you start experimenting yeah. with that. John does it. John talks about it a lot in the office, John Savage. He used it. He uses it to keep himself maintained. A lot of very popular Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. What's another key, key to ketogenic diet? Yeah. Well, that's what Chris was on. Do you remember? Um, I don't want to say Chris second Miles. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll <laughs> say it. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that out. But, but he used to go on about, and he lost a lot of weight. He and he said he weight, felt yeah. great. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had plenty of energy and everything, and yet he, he was basically eating meat and stuff like that. And the relapse is what people struggle with when they start eating carbohydrates and sugar again the weight just starts piling on so you've got to be very careful you've got to be careful the other way as well if you could if you lose all that weight and you carry on with that diet it just starts attacking your muscles there and then you lose muscle mass so you've got you lose all the fat but you lose all your muscle as well so it's a very technical diet there's a certain yeah. ratio of protein to fat that you have to eat on a daily basis if you eat too much protein you're not getting enough fat to tell your body to utilize fat then if you're not getting enough protein you're not really going to maintain your muscle mass. So you've, you've got to find the sweet spot. But I think in general, you know, just we don't need a fancy diet. Just lower your sugar intake. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think there's the, the essential, the basis of, of dieting, maintaining your body weight then is um, calories in uh, and energy burnt and that sort of thing. Um, but it's not as simple as that, is it? It's, be, it's how healthy a diet you're yeah. eating. And, you know, it's not just about the weight. It's about all the other figures like your cholesterol and your blood pressure and all that and the sugar levels and all this sort of stuff. So it all depends on your diet. And I don't think there is a single diet that works for everybody. No. If you look at the Mediterraneans, they talk about the Mediterranean diet, which is, you know, lots of sort of seafood and and oils. They eat a lot of olive oil and stuff like that. And you look at the the Spaniards and the Italians, and they all look fantastic up to about 30, 35. And then after that, they're all monsters. And they they put on a lot of weight. And the skin goes all sort of where it was this beautiful olive skin. There's no sort of full of wrinkles. Very leathery. Leathery, yeah. I mean, that's down to the sun and stuff, I suppose. But um, the Japanese are always an interesting case because they their diet is pretty heavy in carbs. They eat a lot of rice, they eat a lot of other foods, but they eat a lot of fresh fish as well. Fresh fish, fresh meat, and their obesity rates are the lowest in the world. I think, I think that's that's what the issue is with Westerners is the freshness. We don't really buy fresh anymore. How easy is it to go to the shop and for ten pound buy a week's worth of shopping frozen? It's not really fresh then. It's not the same way. And they put preservatives and other things in there to keep yeah. them that long. It's the preservatives it is. And, and that's the issue. And then when you can go to McDonald's, and apparently I um, found out that uh, the reason that they have gherkins in a quarter pounder of cheese is because the amount of sugar is in it, the amount of sugar that's in it, if they took those out, would be classed as a dessert. No. Apparently so. don't know how true it is, but that's what I, I, I was told. Wow. That's yeah. why the gherkins are nice then. Yeah, that's what they have to put those gherkins in, or otherwise it's classed as a dessert. So, yeah, and then that's the thing. It's so easy to go out and get these things. I mean, like I said I had Domino's last night because we just couldn't be bothered to cook. That's, all, that's really bad for you, the amount of grease and fat and all oh, the yeah, other bad yeah. stuff's in that. But how easy is it? And you fall into it's that trap that are doing that, and people always fall into that trap. It's convenience over yeah. time. Yeah. And that's why I think until people stop doing that, there's always going to be a problem with 
no, no, there's never going to be a true diet until they stop all that type of stuff, until they stop the junk food. And you have to plan ahead, I think, and you have to go to the shops and you have to yeah. get the products and the ingredients for the next couple of days yeah. or for the next week. Otherwise, you're just going to heat up and grab whatever you've got in the cupboard, in a tin or in the freezer yeah. or whatever. You've got you've to think about it. Uh, I suppose if you... Going down the route of society slightly, if you think about how people are working and how stressful society is as a ge- as in general, and then having to go home and think about having to cook for four people, yeah, it's a lot of stress to put on someone. So what's the easier option? Bugs are in the microwave. That's the perpetual problem. Is yeah. that you get stressed at work, you come home, you eat shit food. That does terrible things to your body. It starts affecting your sleep, your mental state of being. And then you go back to work stressed, unrested. You come back home, you eat shit food, and then and the other thing is it just right, keeps going and going. You're not eating three main meals, squared meals a day. You'll be having maybe not eating breakfast, then not eat, really eating lunch and snacking throughout the day to keep you going, and then you'll have one big meal at the end of the night, go to bed and start the process again. Then on a Saturday or a Friday night, you might gorge yourself on a takeaway, and your body can't take that. It's not how our bodies are designed. We should be having breakfast, lunch, dinner, with a very small snack in between the three. I think it's... I'm, I'm grinning because I know what I eat in a day. <laughs> I think it's very much up to the individual. A lot of people deal with their diets in different ways. Like like talking about the way you eat, for example. You eat... You don't eat a lot in terms of the volume. We always joke about it, but in reality, it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. But you eat small and frequent, and that works yeah. very well for you as an individual and obviously your body composition and... I think it's a miracle, to be honest. You, you're, you're always in good shape, and you always say that you feel really good. So if you feel good, you just keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. If it makes you feel good, if you're happy, you're rested, you've got no health ailments, well, related to your diet at least anyway, then you know, carry on. Some people like to have bigger meals because they feel more satiating. I'm one of those. Like I don't, I never really eat breakfast. I normally have a decent-sized lunch, and then have a bigger meal when I go home. And that helps me sleep. I can't eat small and frequent because it doesn't satisfy my appetite. And that used to work wonders for me when I used to play rugby and when I worked in a more physically demanding job. Eating more food more frequently was obviously... That's why it's all shifted in the wrong direction (laughs) now. (laughs) My metabolism is primed to eat larger meals, to bulk up and stuff like that because I used to do a lot of sport you wouldn't think it but I used to but then when that goes away the flip side is then that you've established eating habits regardless of your physical activity levels and then you you're naturally primed to consume those foods and that's where it starts to go downhill as well so it's a healthy balance of a good diet but exercise is just as important to maintain the status quo 50 50 you can't lose weight just by diet and you need the exercise as well if you're not doing the exercise then your body's not burning anything off anyway so you need to do the 50 50 i don't get anywhere near enough exercise as i should as i should do every day i think right i I should go out for a good i'll I'll go and walk a mile later on you know after work i've been in the house all day working from home I'll, i'll get out later and you know i'll have a stroll around the block i'll cover a mile or whatever and you don't do it i end up doing something else so just do a few sit-ups and press-ups and stuff like that in the house yeah could do, i suppose yeah you could do like 15 minutes of that every day and you'll be fine if it helps even if a 15 minute plank yeah 15 minute plank. <laughs> <laughs> you ever tried a 15 minute plank? bed 15 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Have you ever tried a plank, incidentally? Yes, yeah, and I could do it for a minute easily. Could you? Yeah. Really? Easily for a minute. I struggle. I don't know if I could do now, oh, okay. but up until a couple <laughs> of years ago, well, up until yeah. two or three years ago, when I was going to the gym quite regular, um, yeah, I could I could easily do a minute, sometimes two minutes. And I struggle doing 45 seconds. Which is not good for me. I should not be able to struggle. I should not struggle. You shouldn't be struggling because you yeah. like a stick. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm the opposite of, like, everyone who's, like, obese and stuff. I would complain about... Actually, this is something that does wind me up a little bit. Everyone always complains about being fat and says, like, I'm fat and I feel depressed because I'm fat. But the skinny person who wants to put weight on who can't is in the exact same boat, but no one cares about that. No one even thinks about that. And, like, body shaming is always aimed towards people who are fat and big. But the, the skinny person who gets the abuse as well because they're skinny, no one cares about that. No one will say a word about that. Well, why is that? Why is it that as a skinny person you're expected to be Fine. Yeah, we're not interested, Chris. So moving on. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> that. It's an but interesting point, though. Yeah. It, it comes yeah. back to, I guess, the the perfect body type that society deems we should have. You know, men are always, I suppose, the manly man is that type of image is not so prevalent these days. But it's still, it's still ingrained in a lot of people over a certain age that a man should be, you know, six foot two, built like a tank. Long, flowing hair, big, grizzly Adams-type beard. And, you know, 10,000 years ago when we were trying to survive, that would have been genetic. That would have been the genetic lottery. You need people like that to survive, to hunt. You just described Jason Momoa, yeah? Basically, Jason Momoa, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He is. (laughs) A lot of people consider consider him to be, well, he's like the genetic lottery. He would be the perfect caveman that you'd want in your tribe to go out and keep you safe. Like Fabio used to be. You probably wouldn't remember Fabio. Chris wouldn't. Yeah. It's familiar. Yeah, he was a that he was a male model, and he was the same. He had this really long sort of hair, and he was huge. That's the he, he was a he was a like I think model. Now it's society is completely different. We're not fending for ourselves on a daily basis. That type of person isn't really required anymore for no. the day-to-day operation of society. So men don't need to have that type of image. It's just a normal-looking person now. Who, But there's still a lot of stigma around people on both sides of the spectrum, whether you're too fat or too skinny. You don't conform to what people think should be normal. But, but all these models you see are all, are all skinny, aren't they? I mean, there's practically for women, yeah, ribs on them. Disgusting. So it, the way we look at it, the way we interpret it is, and you're right, yeah, the way we interpret it is that um, if they're really skinny, they're not carrying fat. So they must be really healthy. Yeah. So they've got it all because all their clothes will fit properly. They're not carrying fat. They're in really good health. I, I, well, from inside sources, I'm not going to say who on the podcast, but I know that skinnier people have more chance of uh, having ha- fat around their internal organs than fatter people because right. their fat are coming out, whereas the inner skinnier people are not. So it, they're actually more likely to have a heart attack than someone who's fat. Wow. Yeah. Little unknown fact. So it's 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 yeah. Well, for the, strangely enough, there, there was a, a a guy I knew, um, another Polish guy. I would put him in his thirties, maybe. And he used to cycle, he was quite skinny, would cycle every day back and forth, probably about a mile and a half, two miles to work back. Uh, he went back to Poland to visit his family over Christmas time. And his wife found him dead in bed because he'd had a, a, a blood clot 
and it moved and I don't know it had blocked his heart or whatever through, throughout the night yeah. and I was shocked at that because he because he was a skinny guy and he was riding a couple of miles in his bike every day and he was like in his 30s and to me it was like I, well, I, that's, that to me struck me as being really weird yeah. in that the guy was fit and healthy not overweight and like how was he having a blood clot but that's probably totally unrelated to any yeah. of that that's, that's do, you, do you remember that footballer who played for Bolton who collapsed in the middle of a game uh, yeah. having yeah, a heart attack he died, yeah. uh, no he didn't he didn't die the only reason he didn't die was because there was um, a heart specialist in the, in the crowd oh. um, two weeks later though same thing happened in Italy that guy died and it's happened quite a few times where you know you, you might be fit and healthy but you're putting too much strain on your heart then yeah. so you're, you're, you're working out so much that your heart can't take what you're doing anymore and then eventually it'll just give up and he was only like 25 or 23 or something like that. So he's really young and he can't ever play football again because his heart's given up, basically. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's all, everyone always sees go one way or the other. There's moderation. You have to have everything in moderation. There's you a have sweet to exercise. Spot in the you've got to, yeah, you can't just live off salads and, and, and fruits and stuff. You've got to have certain things for your, the, the, the stuff that they don't provide. So you need everything in moderation. That's how we survive. And you rest a lot as well. Yeah. Contrary to what people think, sleep is more important than yes. arguably diet and exercise combined. Yeah. If you don't sleep more than... Uh, it was on. There was a guy on Joe Rogan, Matthew something. It's between... Seven and nine? Seven and nine. Oh, yeah, if you get between seven and nine hours, even too much sleep is bad for you because mm, you shouldn't yeah. be sleeping that long. So between seven and nine, if you can aim to get that on a daily basis... It, it helps with so many different things. You know, it helps with mental health issues. If you're not getting enough sleep, you start... It can cause psychosis, problems with your brain, because, well, if you don't get enough sleep, you're basically walking around drunk with the way your body works and how it processes things when you sleep. You need, you need at least seven hours to function normally. And it's that cycle we talked about earlier of people not eating. If you don't get enough sleep, you start to crave food to keep you awake that's when people start putting loads of sugar in their coffee caffeine crashes up and down all day which makes them have more coffee then by the time but at the end of the day you're exhausted your adrenal gland has produced so much adrenaline from all the coffee and the sugar that you're just completely drained and then you eat more crap and you know eventually you start having mental breakdowns because you just not get enough sleep I'm looking at Chris now because he's drinking a bottle of uh, a can of uh, Monster. <laughs> Can I just say, are you two having coffee? I, I, we are, yeah. yeah it's my yeah. first couple of days. We day. are. Now, normally, I would have had decaf coffee because there's tons of it there. Uh, yeah. But I didn't this time. I had a normal coffee to keep me awake if I'm talking to you two for a Why? couple of hours. This is the only cup I'll have in a day. <laughs> How did it start that like, on the morning everyone was always like, I need my cup of coffee before I can start doing anything? Where, where did that even come from? Who said that you had to have that cup of coffee to start your day? Well, it must be some sort of promote media promotion yeah it's, it's weird that like, everyone you work with will always say i need a cup of tea or a cup of coffee before i can start my day and how many people in work do we know that drink coffee all day and drink tea all day and that's all yeah. they do i mean I'm, I'm not much better i don't like tea or coffee but i'll drink a can of monster which is yeah, yeah. just as bad luckily this one is zero sugar so it's not all that bad but i mean where did that start don't know i love three or four cups of coffee in work in in a day the first one will be normal coffee with caffeine in it. Yep. Um, the others after that will be decaf because mm. I don't want the caffeine, you know, because it just makes you irritable and, and stuff like that. That's why I avoid it. I'm the same in the house. I've got a, a one cup cafetiere 
and I know it's pretty sad having a one cup cafeteria, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but but I've got that, and I've got two. I got plastic tubs where I keep normal coffee in, yeah. and uh, this you know the filter type coffee and the decaf one. And in the morning, once I've had my first breakfast, I'll uh, you're a bloody hobbit. I swear to God, <laughs> I'll go through the ritual where I'll uh, I'll put the kettle on, I'll put the cafeteria under the hot tap to sort of take the chill off it, <laughs> to warm it up. Then I'll go and put the milk in the uh, in the mug ready. Then I'll leave the kettle once it's boiled and clicked off. I'll leave the kettle for about two minutes. So it's it's off the boil and it's not scaldy. Then I'll pour it on top of the, uh, the 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 coffee grounds, give it a stir, put the little filter thing on the top. But I'll leave that for about five or six minutes. It's a proper process. I'll leave that for so about five or six Martin minutes. Martin just telling us how he mixes morning coffee. Thank, yeah. thank you for this, one, Martin. <laughs> it goes on forever, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I'll just. Quietly push it, but that was the only one I loved. Just uh, so elaborate, he was pushing his hand I down was on that one in a plunger pushing motion. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a whole process because I don't particularly like instant coffee that much. It's all right, and I'll drink it. Like we got some here in this room, but uh, but it's okay. But I much prefer the uh, the filtered coffee. But I don't know if that's any better for you than any other coffee. Can I just going back to your Hobbit thing to him, saying how much is have I told you how much I'm eating at the moment? You're both probably the same, like breakfast. Second breakfast, elevensies, first I, I lunch. Have, I, 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 I wake up, go to the gym, have two bowls of porridge, then a shake that has 500 and something calories in it, go to work, have two bacon sausage muffins, <laughs> <laughs> then have a lunch is not so bad, but then I'll go home, have a massive meal with another shake, and then have either like scrambled egg or boiled egg or something like that before I go into bed. So it's quite a lot. And then I'll have a ham sandwich if I'm particularly hungry in the night. But there's a purpose, there's, an e- there's a yes. means to the end, isn't there? I yeah, think. you're trying to put weight I'm on. Trying to, <laughs> to eat three and a half thousand calories. Have you ever tried to eat three and a half thousand calories and actually watch what you're eating? It if you're doing it healthy, hard. it must be hard, yeah. It's really hard. Mm. Like, the, the only time I've done it actually is yesterday by eating pizza. So you're eating when you don't feel like eating? Yeah, I'm, I'm forcing myself to eat. So if I go out to like a restaurant or something, I'll order extra on top of what I'm having and I'll, I'll force myself to eat it just to try and get those calories and it is hard yeah I don't understand like I think the rock is like eight to ten thousand calories a day wow I don't understand I just yeah. don't understand how he has the time to eat that much but he doesn't sleep anyway he's just on the go all the time yeah, he is. does he take steroids I know it's a controversial no, he, question well he, he, if you look at him he looks like he does because he's got so much sort of bulk but I, he doesn't seem the type to he me he puts up his training schedule um, online and um, he's challenged people to try and do what he does to prove that he doesn't take steroids because uh, when he was in wrestling originally everyone knew that he didn't and then when he went back for a bit he, he bulked up even more and everyone was like he must have there's no way that he couldn't have and because he has so much backlash about it he put up his, his training schedule up. on what he does to get that big and stay that and maintain that big and I think a guy did it for two weeks to try and do what he did he couldn't he physically couldn't do it he, he's, he, he went to the gym he's quite a big guy anyway but he couldn't eat 10,000 calories a day and he no. couldn't do what The Rock did in his exercises because he's just incredible. Swimmers do his, the same as well. His biceps are 21 inches. Jesus Christ. 21 inches. That's like the size of my head. <laughs> you could crush someone's skull yeah, with just, those. Just, just by one, 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 one tenth and you're, you're dead. Do you know if I, I, I reckon it would kill me if I tried to eat 10,000 calories now tomorrow. Oh, normal. Oh, yeah, it, it would probably kill me. You'd yeah, be in hospital. It'd yeah. be too much for the heart yeah. and everything. You'd probably end up throwing up all over the place. Your body mm. wouldn't really reject it. Just, yeah, I, I just don't understand how people can eat that many calories, though. You must One, burn off a hell of a yeah. lot by exercising then, just to maintain a quo. Well, 
apparently you get you burn more calories off by doing weight strength exercises yeah. than cardio. So everyone always thinks that you should do cardio to lose weight when actually you should be doing strength You engage exercises. more muscles when you do deadlifts and yeah. all those Olympic presses. Deadlifts are hard as well. Yeah. <laughs> so is it an ideal diet? Oh, it's not. It's just what works best for you, I think. Because a, a lot of them will say, you shouldn't eat carbs. Cut out carbs altogether. And then I've seen others, right, like gym freaks and stuff in magazines where they've said, don't listen to all that shit. You eat as many carbs as you want. I think, but it's different people and how they deal yeah, with it. I, I think the moderation thing is—it doesn't matter what you eat as long as you eat it in moderation. So as far as the diet goes, there isn't a set diet for anyone. It's just making sure that whatever you do eat, you're not eating too much of one thing or the other. You're keeping it all in moderation. Yeah, and that—that's uh, until I don't think any diet will ever be right until everyone realizes that you can eat sugar, but not too much. You can eat carbs, but not too much but you've got to do exercise as well. You can't just eat food and expect to, to, to be a healthy person. You've got to go for walks, runs, jogs, whatever, to be that healthy. And it's again, it's moderation. You do it too much, you put too much strain on your heart. So it's, it's all about keeping it in moderation. I'm very much the same as you, Mark. Whatever works for you as an individual. You, you've got to experiment. So if you know, okay, let's say you, you need to lose weight. It's so, like, okay, right, I'll try lower my carb intake. Let's see how that works for me. Do I feel, try it for a month. Do you feel good? If you do, carry on. If you don't, try something else. You don't have to, for, you don't have to conform to diet A or diet B. Don't eat carbs because of the devil. Eat loads because they're great. Lower your fat intake. Fat's not bad for you. Carbs are not bad for you. Sugar is probably the worst out of the lot. So lower yeah. your sugar intake to a point if you're exercising or you do a lot of physical activity, then you can have more sugar. But for the normal guy or girl, just experiment. Just try. Yeah. Lower your carbs, increase them, incorporate exercise. It's just it's how you feel. You don't have to conform to a diet just to say, oh, I did this, but then you feel absolutely terrible at the end of it. Because if you're going to lose weight and feel terrible all the time, it defeats the purpose. You lose your motivation. You've got to feel good doing what you're doing to continue to have the willpower to keep losing weight. So you've got to do whatever works for you as an individual. And the only way you can do that is by experimenting. I've just had a thought about this. This is something that they should be teaching you in school. Oh, I totally oh, agree. Yeah, yeah. Totally they should agree. be teaching you how, what, what each food does and, and what, what they can affect you. Instead because of algebra. Yeah, yeah. to a point. <laughs> Never use yeah. it. No. Nope. I've I read somewhere that you do use it without even realizing sometimes. Like, you just, to find out x you're doing it automatically without thinking about Probably the it. concept of algebra rather than the numbers yeah. themselves yeah mm. so, so you need the concept of algebra i'm not saying you need like advanced algebra or anything like that but the concept you need just because you'll do it automatically without thinking about it so you don't know you're doing it but you're doing it we drifted off on a tangent you yeah. get it get it tangent <laughs> oh, God. algebra oh okay <laughs> But no, it's definitely something they need to teach in schools. <laughs> yeah. how, how to exercise properly and how to... Because they, they give you PE, but they don't kind of tell you how to eat properly with that. And then in school lunches, they give you crap. Yeah. And so it's the profile of food as well. It's not just, you know, some people say, oh, chicken breasts are healthy. It's like, well, why is a chicken breast healthy? What's the nutritional profile of a chicken breast? You know, protein, fat, carbs. What macronutrients has it got? No, macronutrients is protein, carbs, and fat. What micronutrients, you know, vitamin A, vitamin B, 
what, why is a chicken breast healthy? Why is a pizza not healthy? What, what's the difference between the two? You can't just say one's healthy and one's not, and then you expect to just sort of drift through life sort of knowing what you're supposed to eat you should really know yeah yeah what that's you're doing. right because like we said earlier everything tends to be based on on calories in and and calories out sort of thing so if in that respect the way somebody younger would be looking at it it was well okay i need to eat 500 calories for this meal uh, so i'll eat a couple of pieces of pizza rather than some vegetables and a bit of fish yeah which would be 10 times more nutritious and healthier for you yeah than, than that bit of pizza. But if all you're thinking about is, well, I've got to eat 500 calories, yeah. you, you might lose weight on that, but you're going to feel like shit. Body, yeah. And that's where moderation comes in. You know, if, like in Chris's example, if he needs 3,500 calories a day, probably 2,000 of those will be meat, vegetables, healthy carbs, you know, good food. Yeah. But then he may need a donut or something here and there just to push him over the limit. And that's his moderation, you know, sort of, they generally say 80-20, you know, 80% of your diet should be healthy whole foods. And then you've got a little excess at the end for, well, for living life, really. You've got to have go out to restaurants and have yeah. a little excess and indulge yourself now and again. You can't, you can't be boring. You've got to yeah, have. You can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to, you know, we're social animals. You can't go out and be that guy that goes, oh, can I just have steamed string beans and all this random stuff? Because, you know, you're just going to. I think People the ultimate problem is the, is the education behind it then. Yeah. No one's really truly educated about what they're eating. They're just kind of told... Even GPs aren't very yeah. good with no, nutrition. They, they, they're kind of told, that this is what's in it, but we don't understand what that is. We don't yeah. understand how that affects our body. Yeah, yeah. So you just eat it. You think, okay, the lower I get, the better it is. But it's not necessarily true. So where's the education to tell us what's That's actually right. in that? So I think the issue on food is education. I knew it the nail on the head there, saying that even um, GPs don't really know enough about it. Which, bring, and I think I might have mentioned this before on a podcast. That when I came out of the hospital like three years ago, when I yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. blood pressure. Um, I was under the impression, right? I got to cut right down on the salt because that causes hypertension and high blood pressure, which I did. Uh, and I had next to no salt, and then for a year and a half, I had nothing but. Um, acid reflux, trapped wind, bad stomach and everything. And it was only when I saw that guy's article, that doctor's article, and said, yeah, one of the biggest causes of this is people being dehydrated and on a low-salt diet. So, so within, like, days of increasing my salt intake slightly, it all went away. Yeah. And, okay, well, should somebody should have been telling me this, not saying cut your salt right down to next to nothing. Can we just go right back to the very beginning about you saying about salt poisoning? Well, we've ended up gone in a bit of a loop here. yeah. yeah. The reason why is then you probably your blood pressure is probably quite high after having something so salty. That's why you felt so crap. Probably is. So yeah. it's not it it's was. not probably that soup. It's you having problems with metal. So you're you're the one to blame on that one. Sorry, man. Then it could just be your body. Your body can only deal with a certain amount of salt, and that just took you over. Because yeah. that's what it's got used to now. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm watching my salt intake, yeah. making sure that I get enough because it's an essential mineral. Yeah. I read that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so is sugar. But, but not enough, to, you know, to cause any, any any issues. And all of a sudden, I have this dish that's packed with bloody salt. And, you know, I feel like shit all the next day. Yeah. And I, I do believe in, you know, fundamentally, the laws of thermodynamics, calories in, calories out, it's all about energy expenditure. Yeah. But it's the quality of those calories. You could eat, you could eat Domino's every day. You could have 2,500 calories of Domino's every day. Great. If you need to eat 3,000, you'll lose weight. <laughs> you'll feel awful yeah. after a couple of weeks. Whereas if you're eating two and a half thousand calories of vegetables, 
good fish, good fats, good meat, good plants, wherever it may be, you're still going to lose the same amount of weight, theoretically, according to the law of physics, but you're getting your vitamins, your minerals, those essential things that you need your body to function efficiently. And that's what it comes down to, is the efficient running of your body. You can eat whatever you want to lose weight. You can eat whatever you want to gain weight. But you should be looking at the foods that your body needs on a daily basis just to live longevity. You just want to live as long as Like kale and spinach. They're apparently very, very good for you. If you love the spinach and kale, it's yeah. very, very good. And they're high in iron. Yeah. Very high in iron. I've been putting kale in my smoothies in the morning and they're... Not too well, bad, actually. <laughs> okay, before I bring this to a close, then, because we've been going now for nearly 50 minutes oh, on okay. the subject of diet and nutrition, which I think is hilarious because there's three of us here. One of us is underweight, two of us are overweight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and we've just told everybody what they should be eating. We're armchair doctors, really. <laughs> <laughs> but if I've drawn anything from this, um, it's that the Polish should stop putting so much salt in their food. Yeah, stop giving Martin high blood pressure. Yeah, because I wasted a Saturday and I had to spend Saturday at my laptop playing games all day because I didn't have the energy to go anywhere. <laughs> what a shame. Because you poisoned me with too much salt. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it on that note. So thank you, Carl. Thank you, Chris. Speak Thanks to you next man. week. Cool. Take care. Ta-ta. Bye.